All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Oh, boy. It is just the day I'm recording this, if I don't have to keep redoing this intro 50 times over, it is 24 days till the number 24 team in the nation opens their season in Laramie, Wyoming, and... Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. I, I got to say, when I got into this offseason, I was wondering, what am I going to talk about every week? And wow, as soon as we got into getting August, late Ju- July, we've had so much to talk about. Conference realignment, full steam ahead. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah have all announced their intentions to join the Big 12. They will join next season. I will give what I would do in a perfect world uh, where I was the ruler of the world. What would be my suggestion for conference realignment? Level 13. We have some level 13 controversy. We have a not controversy or drama around a wide receiver, but a potential injury to Koi Eakin. A trap game that the more I think about it, the more I am scared of. And I will explain why I think BYU is a major trap game for Texas Tech this year. Parker Kelly got promoted. Baron Morton has dreadlocks. All right. And by the way, the reason I redid this in the first place, going to give one thing I hate about every school in the Big 12. All right. So let's start it off with conference realignment. And I will tell you what, this is amazing. I, if you would have told me two years ago when all of us were, and me included, were hoping we could jump ship to the Pac 12, that no. The Big 12 is going to be the third best conference in the country. When there was literally an ESPN notification, I remember saying that ADs were saying, no, the back, the Big 12 is going to die just two years ago. And now there are 16 teams. Our current 12 minus Texas and OU, they can go get their butts kicked somewhere else. Plus Colorado, who has a natty. Utah, who has lost two straight Rose Bowls and fans are kind of unbearable. Kind of. Arizona, who, by the way, their head coach has been really good for them. They uh, went from being beaten by Arizona State by about 63 points to beating them last season. We have Arizona State. Yeah, we'll talk about some controversy with our AD. And then, of course, Colorado, which I already mentioned. But this is... A really cool thing for the Big 12. And one thing I'm thinking about is the late night window. And I know some people are not going to like the late night window. But it's important. The Big 12 has just gone from having one team in the mountain window that was willing in BYU to play 8.30 p.m. Central kickoffs. Maybe 8.30 Mountain kickoffs. I think I actually went to one uh, up in Laramie, or not Laramie, in Colorado Springs when I, Wyoming played there when Josh Allen was there. He got injured the first quarter. Very cold. Brutal game to go to to watch Wyoming and Air Force with Josh Allen injured. Anyways, I digress. But now, you have Utah and Colorado who are permanently in the mountain time zone. And I will tell you this. I have friends from Arizona. I still cannot figure out how Arizona does their time zones. But at least the first part of the season, it seems like Arizona and Arizona State are in the Pacific time zone. Then once you get into November, they'll be in the mountain time zone. You have a lot of scheduling flexibility there. You really do. If you want to have one, even sometimes two Big 12 dark games, you can do that. 
And it would make a lot of sense to. It really would. Is USC going to fall in love with late night kickoffs? And I know they do that sometimes. And UCLA does that a bit more. So does Oregon and Washington. But normally, if you tune into the Pac-12 after dark, what you see is the Oregon states, the Washington states. Uh, Utah will be thrown in there. But the Big 12, Big 10, I'm sorry, despite having four West Coast schools, are all pretty big brands. And they can delve into the Pac-12 after dark if they like, or they can go on Peacock, or they can go on FS1. But what does ESPN have for inventory after that now that they passed on the Pac-12 and let it blow up? They really don't have anybody out there. The, the Mountain West is with Fox Sports and CBS. ESPN is going to want some of these late night games. And now you have a group of five teams that it would not just make sense for them to host games late night, but have their fan bases also watch those later night games. This is a huge thing for the Big 12, and it's probably a major part of the reason while why Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado are all getting full payouts right off the bat. Now ESPN can leverage, can put those teams after dark, and those after dark spots do get good ratings. Now the Pac-12 would never outperform the Big 12 at a 2:30 slot, at a 6 p.m. slot. It would be very rare for them to do that, but their late night ratings do boom. And it is miserable for the East Coast. Now, you don't want to watch West Virginia at Arizona, UCF at Arizona, uh, Cincinnati at Arizona State at 10 Central. You don't want to do that. They're, they're playing 11 Central local time. You don't want to do that. But they're playing Texas Tech. And you tell Texas Tech, hey, once a year, and it's like that uh, Alan Bowman game, I believe, 2019 in Tucson, Arizona, where Alan Bowman Boy, okay, that game, he, that guy was bad. But it was it was weird to have Tech kick off that late, but it wasn't the end of the world because it's once a season. And now you can say that to Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, Houston, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas. Hey, it's once a season that you need to play a late night road game and may not even be once a season for those schools because you'll also have those five teams playing each other very regularly. It, it, it sounds bad that you may have late night kickoffs, but the Big 12 is very nationalized. Think about this. Talk in central time zone. You, have, you can have games starting at 11, 2.30, 6, 7, and 9 p.m. And it's completely normal start times for those cities. You'll have regional rivalries between West Virginia, Cincinnati on the East Coast. And then Arizona, Arizona State. Utah, BYU. And throw CU in there if you want. Out West. Playing late at night. It is a national conference that is also very regionalized. And I will say this. Paul Feinbaum, I, I was listening to this guy with his Dumbo-looking ear, so just imagine that on me as I do this. Well, I thought the point of conferences were you're supposed to be regionalized, and, you know, the SEC, I, I go to the airport, and, you know, you hear the 
Roll Tide, you'll hear the War Eagle, and you'll hear the Gamecocks chant, and it's all regionalized, but you get to the Big 12, and hey, you have Arizona, UCF in the same conference, West Virginia, makes no sense. Well, buddy, who do you, who the heck do you think did this? I mean, come on. You, <laughs> I mean, I, I get this guy gets carried by his callers on the radio show. I get it, I get it, but come on. Texas. Texas A&M, Missouri, Oklahoma. They all left for the SEC. The SEC poached all those teams. What, do you want the Big 12 to become the Big 6? Come on. And now, it is not just, and it is the national media doing this at the SEC. Oh, we're content at 16 teams. We're the perfect number. We're in the right area. Yeah, buddy, you poached it from all of us. I, I mean, the Big 12 was a great conference to begin with, and now the old Big 12 is not there anymore. But you still have a lot of schools that have grown up. Kansas State has become a really good team. TCU has grown into a really good team. Houston's made a name for itself. Texas Tech's on the up. Baylor has turned from one of the worst teams in the FBS to really good. Iowa State has stuff coming along. So does Kansas. I mean, you talk about not sharing a culture. I'll tell you what. I went to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament this past year. Everybody seemed pretty similar. Everybody seemed pretty similar, and you could tell the differences between different fan bases. Obviously, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Kansas uh, just had more fans there, but everybody was pretty similar in how they acted. There's not much of a culture difference, and you can talk about Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, BYU, Colorado coming along. BYU is a great atmosphere. Colorado is a great atmosphere, even when they're losing. Uh, I haven't even gone to a game there yet because one of the games, the tickets were like 150 bucks to watch them get killed by USC. Not worth it. Um, and then you have Arizona, Arizona State. T- Texas Tech has hosted both those schools lately. The one tailgate that I really remember from my time in college was that game against Arizona State in 2017. I mean, you can say they're far apart, but you can't say there's no cultural similarities. They really care about their school. They really care about football. And at the end of the day, as a conference, that's all you really need. And it's all going to get worked out basketball-wise. And I will say it would be nice because of Arizona State's AD saying he will never go to Morgantown if we kicked Arizona State out, brought UConn in. And I'm only saying that because then you could have an Eastern pod of UCF, uh, West Virginia, Cincinnati, UConn. You can have an old central pod of Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. You can have the Texas pod of the four Texas teams, then the four teams out west in Colorado, Utah, BYU, and Arizona. But anyways, this is going to be an insanely fun conference to watch. And I was like looking at it and was like, who would I pick as the worst team in this conference? Like maybe West Virginia, but they could make a bowl game. In two years, I, I, I could put Colorado down there right now, but they have Deion Sanders. I could put Arizona right now, but they seem like they're on the up. They have a really good head coach who currently is top three in recruiting in the 2024 Big 12 cycle. It is just going to be mayhem. It really is going to be mayhem when we get into this new Big 12. Nobody is going to... I mean, you're going to have an upper hand, but it's not an Alabama versus Vanderbilt upper hand. It's not a Clemson versus Duke Boston College upper hand. Ohio State versus Northwestern upper hand. It is a TCU versus Iowa State upper hand. And that's, 
I mean, come on, guys. Y'all have watched the Big 12 for the past decade. Y'all know that's nothing. That's not an upper hand. Any team can win in this conference. So, look, it's going to suck for the women's tennis team or women's softball team to have to travel across the country. Hopefully, they do kind of more pods, schedule it regionally. And if you want, just eliminate the entire Big 12 tournament, have a three-game series. I'm completely cool with that, other than for basketball. Other than for basketball. I love going to Kansas City every year for basketball. But you can just eliminate so much and get so much done just in a pod system. Have your other sports. Hey, half of this, half of the country is playing here, so reduce travel. Half is playing here. You may have some interconference opponents. Then the top one from East Division, East and West, or whatever, whatever makes more travel sense. They play for the conference championship instead of having a conference tournament. I think that would be great for like softball, not quite women's basketball, but baseball. I think that would be really cool have a race between Texas Tech and TCU, Arizona. Then you have Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Kansas State. That would be a lot of fun. Um, And then just have the winners play a three-game series. But screw all this regionality talk. Just the, oh, the Big 12 is not regional anymore. Yeah, you sons of BIT, bit of over-exaggerators. So shut the heck up. Play your own conference. Play those mid-teams that Texas Tech always kicks in a bowl game. And shut up. Especially Paul Feinbaum. Hey, man, a guy with that, with those big of ears should be more willing to listen and less willing to talk. I'm sorry. I'm just getting hyped up for uh, the hate week stuff that we have going on here. But <laughs> I talk about, oh, man, let's take it down a notch. And then level 13. Okay, so... Level 13 has a guy named Chris Wash. 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 Yeah. Washed. He um, does not like Texas Tech. He went to Texas Tech. He hates Texas Tech. He represents student athletes, including Jalen Tyson. He posted pictures showing him representing Texas Tech football players, but he hates Texas Tech and basketball. Hates them. And so let's go back to the beginning. Texas Tech is playing in one of these early season tournaments. Eight teams, same as Maui last year. I believe it's in the Bahamas, something like that. Chris Walsh, a level 13 representative, comments, Tech does not belong in this tournament. Let me uh, paint a picture for you. Stanford is in this tournament. Stanford. Stanford has not made it to the NCAA tournament since 2014. 2014. They have not made an Elite Eight since 2001. Texas Tech has gone to two Elite Eights since then. Since 2018, they've gone to two Elite Eights. They have a coach that won the NIT last year. And this guy who represents an agency out of Lubbock, Texas, is commenting visually that... Well, they don't belong in this tournament. And so fans get on to him. And level Chris Le, not Chris Level. Chris Level is a great guy. But the main guy, Kirk Lee Knowles, at level 13, who I, I don't dislike. I, I believe some stuff went wrong last year. I believe that maybe he did his best. Called tech fans soft. He's disappointed how soft tech fans are for getting on this guy. That, hey, 
You're based in Lubbock, Texas, and you are trashing on your university that you used to sponsor programs for that let you use this as a business model. At 8.51 p.m. on the 3rd, he tweeted out, Chris Walsh, there was no error. I, error. I don't support Texas Tech basketball. I'm not apologizing for saying a team shouldn't be in a tournament. It shows how soft and liberal Tech fans are. It's disgusting. Now, the guy that's calling us soft, by the way, spent a whole day tweeting through his feelings because he was bleeding out of it. Okay, never mind. Uh, but then six minutes later, he said, but I went to Tech. This guy, this guy, and if you look up this guy, this bum, this absolute bum, he was dope. He was suspended in high school for doping on steroids. And he's tweeting out, oh, my roster could beat Texas Tech's basketball roster. Dude, you just posted a picture with the Texas Tech football team. You're based out of Lubbock, Texas, and now you're trashing on the school's basketball team. What the heck makes sense out of that? Somebody makes sense to me out of that. Come on. It is absolutely ridiculous. And then we get these crying posts. Uh, man, I don't know. I I can't explain it. Thank God for the Matador Club. Thank God for the Matador Club for getting these guys out of this program. And I'm not saying Kirk's one of these guys. But there are guys over at Level 13 who see student athletes as a chance to make a quick buck. And this mu- this this guy is definitely one of them. This guy is definitely one of them, and he's, he's, uh, you know what hurt, that he got forced out of town because Tex Tex saw through it, because Cody Campbell and um, the Womble saw through it, they saw through it, Dusty Womble, Cody Campbell saw through what this guy was selling, Grant McCasson saw through it, he's 1-0 at Tex Tech, he kicked them out of the basketball program, and now this little bum, this roid addict bum who's been busted in high school for it is now just trying to publicize also this guy before this by the way was commenting on posts about potential recruits haha he'll never go to tech when he has tech in their top four oh they burned that bridge a long time ago because he's a little you know what because he's a little you know what because he got read through this guy, and I, I swear to God, if you talk to anybody who's met this guy, they would vouch for the same thing. And this little bum is out here calling people, oh, soft, liberal. When this guy is a little bum that's tweeting nonstop about, oh, I'm, uh, I'm about hurt. This team sucks. This team sucks. Never mind the fact that actual analysis, actual analysts who know college basketball have been saying this team is, should be a tournament team next year. And he's saying that a team that has, his roster has like 10 players and two of them play for Rice on it. And he's saying, oh, we'd beat them. No, you wouldn't. Shut the heck up. Quit the tough guy act on Twitter. And you know what? If you want, if you want, and he's threatening to fight fans, by the way. He's threatening to fight Texas Tech fans, by the way. And, but, yeah, it's easy to fight when you're so juiced up on roids. Like, my God, what an absolute idiot and tool this bum is. And I want to make it clear, a lot went wrong last year with Texas Tech in the NIL game. And Kirkley Knowles, I don't know if he was one of them. What I've heard is he was one of the guys keeping players' spirits up after that. So I don't want to blame him for this, okay? But this Chris Walsh fell, man, you're based in Lubbock, Texas, and you're trashing the team. 
that everybody around you supports. What an... And it's because you're hurt. And it's because you're hurt. And if anybody wanted to be hurt or felt like they've been pushed aside, it would be Kirk Knowles. And you've seen some snipey comments out of him, but nothing like that. Nothing like that to try to tear down the program. And that's what this guy's doing. That's what this guy's doing. And it's all this guy who's trying to make a quick buck off a college athlete. And it's it's just a bump fest. And now on to more somber news. Quick, and um, we don't have public confirmation, I don't believe. I, I actually believe there is a public tweet um, about he was in a sling at practice today. And all I will say, the reason... I've been wanting to talk to uh, talk about him since Sunday is he posted a pic saying God's plan on Instagram and there were 41 comments most of them teammates saying love you you get back or something along those lines it seems like Koi Egan is injured and that really sucks for the kid he looked like he was going to have a promising season this year I mean remember this kid he is very under recruited he had the most receptions in the nation as a high scorer. This was going to be his redshirt freshman season. He's, he's from Stephenville, going to play against Tarleton State. Man, it, it really sucks for this kid. It really does. And hope he can get back. He's kind of a guy we have a lot of high hopes for. And that doesn't mean our wide receiver room's in trouble at all. We have Jerram Bradley, Xavier White, Miles Price, J.J. Sparkman, Loic Fungi. We have Dre McCray. We have Brady Boyd. I mean, our wide receiving room is going to be fine. You put that along with our backs and um, Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez, Bryson Donnell, tight ends. You have uh, Mason Tharp. Uh, you have Baylor Cup. You have Henry Teeter. I mean, our backs and receivers are going to be fine. But it, just on a personal note, like personally for this kid, Koi Egan, it really sucks, and you can't help but feel bad for the kid. You really can't. Anyways, um, so there have been uh, when I was looking at Texas Tech, I Tech schedule this year, and I am kind of mad because I was thinking about pulling the t- trigger on season tickets. I live in Denver, Colorado, um, so but I'm going to the Oregon game. I'm going to go to multiple games. I, I've figured I'm, I'm definitely going to the laramie game um i figured uh, it may be worth it to pull the trigger on season tickets because it probably costs about half that for the oregon game and I'll, I'll go to at least two or three other games in lubbock didn't end up getting that far but i will say just looking at the schedule there are a few games i'm worried about and there was one game i overlooked early and that was byu so BYU, we play them in our eighth game of the season in Provo. I plan to be there. We play Houston on September 30th. Baylor on October 7th the next week. Kansas State on October 14th the week after that. And then we play BYU in our eighth straight week of football before we play TCU on a Thursday. BYU is not an overly good team. Talent-wise, Texas Tech is definitely better. But that is our eighth straight game of football this season. And it's in Provo. And BYU, if you know much about BYU, you know that they have those missionaries that are 25 years old on their team. 
That could be a problem. That could be a major problem for us. Now, the saving grace for us is BYU also plays on the 14th, but they have a week off before they face TCU. And TCU is an emotional rival for the fan base. I don't know that it is for the players, but I can tell you growing up, I used to like TCU a bit. Wasn't overly a TCU fan, but in the Mountain West, I liked them because they were the Texas team. They, them and BYU have some history together. BYU has a bye week two weeks before they play Texas Tech. BYU has older players that are going to be more physically developed than Texas Tech. And now, don't get me wrong, Texas Tech is a very physically old team right now, which is good. But it's going to be our eighth straight week of football after we play Kansas State, after we play Baylor, after we play at Houston, who for some godforsaken reason calls us little brother. That is a trap game for Texas Tech. And it could make that game against TCU 12 days later all the more important. That is a game that I picked up in my looking at the schedule and was like, that could be a problem. Moving on, though. Now that we got the BYU out of the way, I just want to give some good news before we get to the hateful stuff here where I go team by team and say everything I hate about a Big 12 team. Parker Kelly, uh, the third baseman, he wasn't a great hitter, but he has been promoted to the Spokane Indians. Uh, That is in the Colorado Rockies organization, who, by the way, I'm about three blocks away from that stadium. Uh, But... He got promoted. Braxton Fulford, by the way, started his season there. He's been promoted up. But that is really cool to see Parker Kelly out. I believe it was against Oklahoma State. He made that running barehanded grab throw over to first. Somehow got the runner. Just an insane play. That guy was a stud on defense. I'm not overly confident I'll ever see him playing at Coors Field for the Rockies. But... The fact that he's moving up the ranks and has gotten the shot and taken advantage of it is something to be happy about. It truly is. All right, now to the fun part. Um, Hate week. And I'm going to start with something I love, so I don't seem too hateful here. So Texas A&M, they have an NIL collective that got them the number one recruiting class in the country. Number one in the country, their 12th man plus fund, has discontinued their NIL operations. And all I can say is more Micah Hudson for me. That is hilarious. Uh, I know they have a campus in Qatar. Guess after the World Cup, they decided to quit uh, funding them. But AM's downfall is something for us all to rejoice in. And I'm sure there'll be more to come. But anyways, on to the hate, and we'll start out on the East Coast with West Virginia. Quite frankly, West Virginia, I hate you because three times in three years you made me think Matt Wells was a competent head coach that I could place my trust in at a Power 5 level. And all three times I was proven to be an absolute idiot. Cincinnati, I hate that you, I, I don't know whether it's spaghetti or chili, but I hate that you're just darn bent on ruining it. UCF, I hate that fake national tile climb. It's, 
it, it is ridiculous. And another thing I hate is in 2019, they couldn't beat Duke. That They were right there. They had that short guard. They had Taco Fall. They were right there. They could have knocked them off, and they didn't. But that's why I hate UCF. And also some of their fans are, and it's not most of their fans. I'll give them credit. There are some very good fans out there. I, I, I will say I really like them because they've kind of made themselves a fourth power in Florida. But I hate that they're going to be a recruiting rival for, for us going forward. Maybe not in recruiting the same players, but in the rankings they will certainly be a rival. Iowa State. I hate I hate Iowa State because every single year they make those field goal merchant Hawkeyes look like they're comp, they're, like they're good. They always lose to them. I know they didn't last year, but they always lose to them until Hunter Deckers puts five hundred dollars on Iowa State, wins them the game, and then oh no, he's suspended for the entire season. Kansas State, I hate that they beat us what five six straight times, but I love them because they got Matt Wells fired. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that. Kansas, I hate that they don't have plumbing in their stadium. I hate their basketball team. I hate everything about them. I hate that Kevin McCore got away with a shove in the back, which I will say be more of a dog if you're the Texas Tech player, to knock us out of NCAA tournament contention. (sighs) Oklahoma State. I hate Oklahoma State because they copy a bunch of stuff and they always seem to beat us and they have this great atmosphere but they have this guy named Mike Gundy who builds their program up but every time he's favored against OU it seems like Mike Gundy cannot beat OU every time he's favored I mean he's beat them what twice they they have been the better team going into that game I know it's over over 20 years at least six or seven times and they couldn't pull it off. Colorado. Um, well, I work in Boulder. I hate the city of Boulder. Um, yeah, that's about it. Arizona State. I hate their AD for saying that he wouldn't go to Morgantown. I hate Arizona State fans who think the Big 12 sucks. Go enjoy the broke broke pack mountain then. Like, come on. You know where the landscape's going. You know you fit better here. You think you're an academic institution when everybody else in the world knows you as a party school. um, I got off base with Arizona State and CU, but I'll just continue on this path. Arizona, um, I hate that if I want to go visit or go watch a game, it kind of feels like I'm missing the best part of Arizona and still going to be hot as heck, like I can't go to Scottsdale. Utah, I just hate Utah pig bus. That's pretty much it. Uh, nothing other than that for the Texas schools and I'll do Oklahoma too Oklahoma I hate Emmett Jones I hate Brent Venables crying oh it takes 12 months to build culture really really was Oklahoma's culture that beat Oregon's butt in the Alamo Bowl worse than the culture that Joey McGuire had to take over was it was it because Joey McGuire got everybody staying buy in last year? Now they're complaining about it takes 12 months and you're throwing shade at Deion Sanders. I get Deion didn't work his way up. Yeah, he's also put Jackson State on the map. What have you done? You put Clemson's defense on the map. Clemson was already on the map. Come on, buddy. Um, Texas. I hate that a couple weeks ago I stayed at La Quinta in Austin. And it cost me 90 bucks. 
And then I go up there and I was like, all right, this is great. After tax, 96 bucks. It was a bit under nine bucks. But I get there in Austin. The parking fee for a motel style La Quinta was $45. So I went and found street park and paid a bunch, Went, kept going out, put $10 in overnight, was fine. But $45, they didn't have a poster on their website. I'll tell you what, I stay at the La Quinta by the West Medical Center in Lubbock last week. Thing was 80 bucks, way better hotel, way nicer people on staff. Come on. Hey, Austin sucks. Um, TCU. I hate Donati. Hate everything about him. I hate Carrington. Hate everything about him. Throw him uh, which, with whatever Arizona school he is. But this guy trying to withhold tickets as you're on a national title run. You have to withhold your tickets on a 40,000 seat stadium? Come on. And you say you cover the DFW market? No, you don't. If you can't fill a 40,000-seat stadium as you're the number three team in the country against an in-state rival, you do not carry the DFW market. Somebody else does. Baylor, I hate that they're a yo-yo team because they went 6-6 last year and it's supposed to be like they're going down, but this team will go 0-12, 1-8, uh, then they'll go 11-1, then back to 1-8, then they're 11-1, winning the conference. I hate that. I, I am sick of it. Houston, I hate that their fans call us little brother. I I don't get that. I Okay, maybe you have the all-time series lead. Who's kicked your butts 10 of the last 11 times? I'll tell you what. We're the little brother that hit puberty way a lot harder than you did. And maybe you kicked our butts at first, but we're kicking your, your you-know-what's-in-now. Alright, I think that's enough hate for the night. Uh, if I missed anybody, I will round about to them. Uh, I promise you that. But man, it is, by the time you're listening, there will be no more than 23 days until the number 24 team in the Coaches Bowl kicks off their season in Laramie, Wyoming. And I'll tell you what, seven days after that, it's going to be so beautiful to beat Oregon. It really is. They thought they were too good to ask the Pac-12 then they were too good for the Big 12, and we're just going to go kick their butts in return. But anyways, that's going to do it for this one. If you would like, leave a five-star rating. It would help me out a lot. I would really appreciate it. Um, we will be with you all throughout the season. Uh, during the season, the the episodes will come out all the time on Monday. Uh, those will be recorded on Sunday night. During the off season. you kind of let the news develop and all that. But during the season, Sunday nights when we'll record, Monday is when it's released. Please give a five-star rating review. If you do that, you can get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Just email, uh, we'll do just Jackson Moody, J-A-C-K-S-O-N-M-O-O-D-Y, 37 at gmail.com. I'll forward it to Pete Mundo, and he'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie sent your way. And I'll tell you what, if you tell me that you got that and you're at the Oregon game, I'll get you a beer at the Oregon game for a five-star review. All right, that's going to do it, and wreck them.